You know, I feel that uh, we have an amazing place here. We are a church that just loves to come together and loves to worship together. We praise and we praise and we listen and we respond. You know, today we continue our Christmas series, and it's called Visitations. People who visit us often change us, sometimes for a day, sometimes a month, or sometimes for a life. You know, two weeks ago, when the angels visited Mary and Joseph, their lives were absolutely changed. They were transformed. When God, as we focused on last week, visited Bethlehem, our world was changed. Today, the shepherds visit Jesus. I wonder what's in store for them. Let's pray. Father, we do come before you and we do recognize that all things are in your hands. We are so grateful for the season, the reminder over and over and over again of the difference that your son has made. Lord, I do know that some dragged themselves into church today, into our fellowship. The week was really hard. It was really long for all kinds of different reasons. I know, Lord, that even some on the way to church today received some hard news. And I pray, Father, in spite of all the circumstances, all the situations, all the, the things that seem to steal away our joy, that you would come in an amazing, abundant way today. That you would just fill us, that our hearts would be so overflowing with your grace, we thank you. We pray, Father, for the other churches in our area. We know again that this is an unbelievable season for them and that they faithfully proclaim your word. I pray for Torch of Faith and House of Prayer and New Hope Christian and Emmanuel. And we pray even this day, God, as your word is being taught and as they are praising you, that their communities would be absolutely transformed. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. You know, I'm going to jump right into a most familiar story. A story that our kids just got through telling us. In fact, if I am totally honest, after they memorized the scripture, after they shared a little bit of their perspective, after they sang their little hearts out, my heart was so full. I said, let's go home. I know some of you are probably thinking that too. So let's not think like that at this moment. But how grateful am I that, that we have families, that we have teachers, that we have volunteers that work with our kids on Sunday mornings and on Wednesday nights at Awana and on retreats and at Vacation Bible School and all the different opportunities that we have to be able to help them understand what the purpose of life is all about. But more than that, what's the purpose of Christmas? What's the purpose of Christmas? You know, as I prayed, I do fear that this season will be so busy. So busy. We just forget. 
That's why we're doing even the Advent candles and encouraging each one of you to look forward to this amazing event that we celebrate on the 25th of December. We know Jesus probably wasn't born on December 25th. But that's the date. That's the date we look forward to. And the story that we have today is amazing. No, many, no matter how many times you have heard it. So we're going to open our Bibles to Luke chapter 2, or your flat screens, and if you could do that, that'd be great. If not, you're going to be able to follow right along on the screen up front. But in Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 8, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields, nearby guarding their flocks of sheep. Let me paint this picture. It was a very, very normal night for these Hebrew shepherds. Now, if you don't know much about shepherds, we have this really cool perspective of shepherds. They wear absolutely the best clothing. I get it. And we always see them all clean and all dolled up. And and they just sit there and every painting we have, they have a crook and they're just gazing. And you go, whoa, not a bad job. But you know, if we actually go back 2,000 years ago, Shepherds were rather low on the social scale. In fact, most people didn't ever want to grow up and be a shepherd. That would be the last thing they wanted to be. These rather scruffy individuals had a dull and tedious and repetitive job. The only thing they did was care for sheep. Make sure sheep could drink and eat and that they were protected from all of the vicious animals around them that would love to have sheep steaks. Good shepherds know their sheep, and the sheep know their shepherd. Oftentimes, at least in this culture, at the end of the day, many different flocks would gather around, and they would go into a pen, and and all the different shepherds there would be able to gather around, and some would take watch, And some would sleep, in fact, in the gateway. And so many of you, as I describe this, know how how Jesus used this very illustration in John chapter 10. And it's so amazing in the morning when the sun would get up, all of a sudden the shepherd would call. And all the sheep from that shepherd's flock would just start lining up and go walking after that shepherd. How cool is that? They spent a lot of time with sheep, just not a lot of time with people. And at times, they would spend two weeks or three weeks or four weeks out, to the, out in the fields. They didn't bathe very often. They didn't shave very often. They smelled often, is what I think. But like I said, this was a normal night where shepherds were guarding their sheep. If we would have written this script, not God, shepherds probably wouldn't have had this role. Then verse 9. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. Suddenly, an angel 
lights up the sky. I'm just letting you know, normal just left the room, okay? Angels probably, and we don't have a whole, uh, a great idea of what they look like. They aren't like humans where they reproduce and they carry certain DNA. I, I just kind of think that God created the multitude of angels, all different, all having different strengths, all having just different beauties about them. We only in all of the Bible have names for three of the angels. You've heard of them. There was Michael, and there was Gabriel, and there was Lucifer. Lucifer, of course, we call Satan now. And the devil who chose to lead a whole slew of angels in rebellion against God. But angels, for the most part, live in God's presence. They have God glow. And this one angel, we don't know who it is, we have a sense, maybe Michael, maybe Gabriel, they seem to be spokes angels. But one angel shows up and the shepherds wet their pants. Now, you don't understand that in the translation. But this is a normal night. They're just kind of looking around. They're kind of relaxing. And all of a sudden, an angel shows up. The scriptures say they were terrified. Oh, yeah. Then, in verse 10, But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes. The Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. The angel starts talking right away. I don't know, again, if these guys were just plain speechless, if their jaws were open, if they dropped to the ground. But the first words out of the angel was, don't be afraid. You know why? Not because my presence is so overwhelming that God's glory is shooting out from every part of me, that you have never seen anything like this before. I get why you're terrified, but I'm going to give you some news, some news that is going to absolutely change the course, well, your course, and the course of the world. He says, my good news will bring you joy, and it will bring joy for everyone. The Savior, the Messiah, the King has been born. And I tried to find in all of the Bible where these three terms were together. And I couldn't find it. So God chose to send an angel to a lowly group of shepherds and to announce the good news that will not only change their lives, but change your life, change all of the world with a message, hey, the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord, which all of you are waiting for, he's here. He's born in Bethlehem. Now, all of a sudden, again, I don't know if they thought Messiah would just all of a sudden appear, but I'm pretty sure they didn't think it would be a baby. And then they say, hey, you can find this 
Savior, Messiah, King. He'll be in Bethlehem. He'll be wrapped in strips of cloth and be laying in a manger. Now, it doesn't take too much of an imagination, but realistically, you got to know that kings probably, when they're born, are not wrapped in strips of cloth. It's what they had. And I'm really sure that the Messiah was not going to be placed in a manger in most of their perspectives. Wow. I don't know what the shepherds thought at this moment. I don't. But then God was not finished. Look at verses 13 and 14. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Suddenly, the skies light up. A host. No one even knows what a host is. No one knows how many. Was it as many as the stars? Was it millions? Was it billions? I'm almost thinking everybody who could call themselves angel showed up. And it blew their minds. They tell the shepherds that Christ's birth will bring God great glory and mankind peace. That's what they've been waiting for. That is the great news. And then look at verse 15 and 16. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Jerusalem. They did not go to Jerusalem. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny, a translation? And, and it's actually the translation. They, they don't even know what to call it. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was a baby lying in a manger. Now, they hurry. They can't wait. I don't know who drew the short straw that had to stay and watch the sheep. Yet I don't. But the rest of the guys, they just hurried in there, and they begin looking for mangers. They begin going to all the barns, all the stables. Okay, that's all we know. The guy is going to be in a manger, and he's going to be wrapped in strips of clothes. Let's go find him. Now, they did. They found Mary and Joseph with Jesus in a manger. And then verses 17, 18, then I'm going to jump to verse 20. But this is what they said. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. The shepherds then went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel told them. Really. Now again, I don't think that's shocking. That's not shocking to us. We heard this story all the time. 
And I'm a little surprised that it might have been shocking to them too. I mean, angels just don't show up and don't give messages like this. Why wouldn't everything that they were told, why wouldn't that happen? But this is what changed in the shepherd's life. They heard about Jesus. They met Jesus. Savior, Messiah, and Lord. And they told everyone what they saw, heard, and experienced. And by the way, this was an amazing example of evangelism. That's all. No one asks you to know all of the Bible. No one asks you to know every single argument. But when you have an authentic relationship with Jesus and you meet Jesus and he changes your life, that's what you tell people. That's what you share with people. I met a Savior, a Messiah, a Lord. Now, everyone who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, probably for two reasons. First of all, no one would have expected shepherds to get this treatment. Well, I mean, why did Jesus choose shepherds? They weren't even all that, well, noteworthy. Could they even be trusted? But more than the messenger, it was the message. The message. The king is here, the long-awaited Messiah, our Savior, one who will deliver us from all of our sins and bondage. And king. Oh, he will rule. He will rule. This is so cool. Now, before I leave this portion, I skip verse 19. So look at verse 19. In all of this, we don't know what's going on in Joseph's mind, but we do know what Mary is thinking. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Wow. In some of your translations, pondered. Pondered. She is still a 14-year-old girl. She has just experienced all these different scenarios. She had just given birth to the Savior, to the Messiah, to the Lord. I got to believe absolutely exhausted. And all of a sudden... An army of shepherds with their fine aroma come parading in. Ah, probably didn't even smell them. They were in a barn. Didn't even make a difference. Wow. And she said, I can't believe it. I, I wonder. I wonder. Maybe... She wonders about all the things she's experiencing. But maybe she even wonders, what did I get myself into? I'd like to show a clip for you. It's a Chris Rice song. Let's watch. Are breaking. How 
to hear from God. You've been promised. We've been waiting. Welcome, holy child. Welcome, holy child. Hope that you don't mind our manger. How I wish we would have known. I just have a few takeaways. First of all, Christ's birth changes our perspective of God. His love chose to come to this planet, become flesh, not to just live among us, but to die, be our sacrifice, and give us life. His message from God, the king is humble. He is worthy to be worshipped and adored. But he is humble. And he loves using humble people. A Mary, a Joseph, and a group of shepherds to share the message of hope that will change a world and bring joy to all of mankind. I love that God used these messengers. I love that God has given us 2,000 years from this date an opportunity to proclaim the same message that astonished everyone that was told by the shepherds.
And lastly, Christmas is about Jesus. If we take Jesus out, we don't have Christmas. I think I'd be remiss. We don't know if you have a relationship with our Lord. We don't know if you can call Jesus Savior, but, but if you're unsure, I'd love to talk to you today. We've got some leadership folks that would love to talk with you or pray with you. It's the most important decision you're ever going to make. And maybe today. Before you get back into the busyness of the season, maybe today, you'd like to be sure that your relationship with God is right. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for all the things you have done for us. What a surprise. What a surprise for Joseph. What a surprise for Mary. What a surprise for the shepherds. And Father, what a surprise for us that you chose this plan to save us. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.